Garage fam, we are back for the NASCAR race recap. It's me. I use an S. Garage guy. And Dale Tanhart has returned to the recap. Dale, uh, how is how are things in the heart of America? Uh, a little less rich. Gas yeah. is like 365. So um, mm. kind of like a double whammy there with gas flying up and the bankroll going down after what we saw today at Las Vegas, which when you listen to this, it will be tomorrow, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's going. It's going. How about you? How's the Vogue? Uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the, the money part definitely, uh, sucks. I'm thinking about not only myself and you, I'm thinking about the garage fan, the people that tailed the picks, um, you know, and, and mainly just, just Vegas, man, just Vegas in general. You know, we, we've talked about this multiple times about how, you know, the house always wins. We really thought that we had them beat. I woke up this morning, I watched casino, uh, with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. One of my all-time favorites, built DFS lines, had a couple of new bets I added, was very confident. I'm always very confident going into this one. This is the only race that I've ever taken a tournament down with, and that was in the fall, though. So maybe there's some juju there. Um, But, yeah, it was was not the best day. I will say that, but I don't want to make this the grimmest podcast of all time. Um, Did have a cool highlight today. Um, I... uh, I wore a uh, a cool shirt and a skull cap in my home and watched racing and watched data run across the screen all day. Sundays have really become um, my favorite days because everybody leaves me alone at home and uh, let me just sit down and watch racing. And so it's pretty cool. So that was a good thing. Good racing in general. Yeah, and, and the entire race was was really fun. I just I've been really, really, I guess um appreciative of what we're seeing because these are two intermediates california fontana is a little bit different than the i guess the the basic intermediate that controls the nascar schedule on that side of things like the 1.5s las vegas is more similar to what we'll see in the future they talked about on the broadcast so seeing what we saw at fontana was great and then it's just like we hope it goes over and we see the same kind of thing at Las Vegas. And we did, you know, the racing was great. The racing was phenomenal. And it really just made me think, I just really will never take it for granted ever again. Like after 2018, when they changed the aero package and we had three years of just stale racing is what I'll call it for just be real to to put it light, to put it lightly. It was very stale. It was, you know, it, 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 it turned drivers off. It sent drivers away. So to see what we're seeing in the first two weeks of the season outside of Daytona is fantastic. Uh, regardless of losing money, like I'm so happy watching the quality of racing that we're seeing on the track. It's fun. It's so fun. Like I, I'll say this, like I, I've seen like, you know, you're always going to have, I feel like there's just like so many people out there that are used to hating on NASCAR that they don't know what to do right now. So they just like tweet just pure ignorance. That was a guy on Twitter that I read earlier and I I quote tweeted it with my favorite quote from Billy Madison when they were doing the game show. Um, But he was like, NASCAR needs to remember that caution flags are for safety, not entertainment. If you can tell me one caution flag that came out today that like couldn't have resorted like in somebody like wrecking, like with a car spinning or something like that, 
then you know like let me know because other than that i was in a chair pretty much the entire day i watched every part of the race i saw every caution that came out i thought that everything was fine so that lets me know that a this guy uh just was really upset kyle bush shouldn't win or b um he did not watch the race at all i haven't seen that tweet so i'm guessing he's referring to one one of two things maybe both friday night and I disagree, or I agree and disagree because the cautions have been whoever's controlling the cautions has been really inconsistent all year amongst all three series. Uh, Friday night, Spencer Boyd had a really hard wreck with two laps to go, and his truck sat next to the inside wall for two full laps, and they didn't throw a caution, and he had a broken shoulder. That's hmm. fucking crazy. So he could be That's referring news. to you. Hadn't seen that. Oh, dude. No, yeah. He, he, I mean, I knew that Spencer Boyd, like, I knew that happened. Yeah. He had crashed. He sat there. He crashed and sat there for a lap and a half. And no, no, they didn't throw a caution. And then today, I guess what he could be referring to is when Eric Jones wrecked, they definitely didn't throw the caution immediately. They waited and waited and waited. And then he spun back out on the track. And when Bubba Wallace spun avoiding him, then they threw it. So, I mean, I mean, if that guy is right, he by saying cautions are designed for safety, not entertainment. But yeah. there's an argument that I don't know. I don't know what they're for at this point in my life because I mean, they've I been always... unbelievably inconsistent. Well, unbelievably inconsistent. I don't know what NASCAR wants with their cautions. Well, I don't I don't know how all that's rigged up and controlled. I've always just been under the assumption if if there is a wreck or there is like a car sideways, you should probably throw the caution. That's kind of like where, where my brain has always been. You have no idea what kind of debris or anything else will be on the track. So I'm always just like, if you see somebody get up into the wall and then like they're like really losing control and then their car like starts spinning and like going off in another direction, you should definitely throw the caution. Um, There's just so much gray area because people will get mad if, if you throw a caution because somebody hits the wall and they don't spin. You don't like you just said. You don't know like what debris they could be seeing that we don't. Um, who are, these, who are like, these flag throwers? Are they like are they the referees like in the NFL? Yeah, it's essentially yeah. It's like race control. There's there's a person who has to make a judgment call up in a booth next to the broadcast booth somewhere up there, who makes a judgment call on whether or not some sort of track activity results in a caution, and and that that's. That's just a problem in all sports, if you think about it. The only problem in this sport, if you want to relate it to the NFL or the NBA or whatever, is that safety is a legitimate matter and, and lives are more at, more so at hand than they are in stick and ball sports. I mean, that's a fact. True. So it is a little concerning. Like the Spencer Boyd thing is like is really concerning. Like – and it's crazy. Like Denny Hamlin spun. Like let's talk about – Let's say, let's yeah, we can talk about Denny's, how the caution didn't come out in Stenhouse. Yeah, the forget about the safety thing for a minute. Denny Hamlin spun. They didn't throw it until he was stalled on track, literally could not go. And that's what you do have to throw it if, if a car is stalled. I think about Daytona in the truck race. Two, two trucks hit each other on the white flag lap. Nobody wrecked. They kept it straight. They throw a caution. And then you have Myatt Snyder's wreck. Immediately they throw a caution. Yeah, absolutely understandable and absolutely is a must. You have to. In that same case, when Spencer Boyd slams the inside wall as hard as he did and broke his shoulder, 
<laughs> that's a fucking caution, dude. And I mean, it were it like from a betting standpoint, I won because of it probably, and, and should have lost. It, or actually, no, because Zane Smith would have won and then would have failed inspection after. So I stole it. Yeah. Won. So it doesn't he matter. Has nothing. But regarding he, he he had nothing, then he had something, and now he has nothing again. Exactly. So that's that's how it goes. But no, there's just real inconsistencies with cautions right now. That's that's I the would, main point of all this. I'll say this much about it. I would love to get all the, the people together that 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 control the cautions and put them at like a table and test their reaction times. Um just to make sure that like because like I'm I'm I just imagine there's a big button, you know, just a big yellow button, and they sit in front of that button and they're just like their eyes have to be glued to the race at all times, and they just smash it like on a game show. So like I want to test reaction times. And I think that that would be a good gauge to know, like if, if you're, if you can't react fast, then you probably should go down to like the B team or the C team. But then where do the B and the C team caution throwers go? Do they go to the truck race? Is the C team on the truck race? Is that why Spencer Boyd, is that why that happened? Who knows? You, we we got to have, we got to <laughs> I mean, those could, those could be fair questions, but I, I really, I'm not sure. I think it's, I think there is a race director for all three series, and I think they are different people, but I, I could completely 100% be wrong. Maybe if you know the answer, uh, without making us have to look it up, let us know on Twitter. Just tag yeah. us or the Discord and just be like, hey, this is the answer. And I'll be like, just oh, tweet cool. us. So, so, yeah, so that was just kind of like, you know. That's that really like the only cool That's the only negative thing out of all this. There is one negative thing and 99 positives about what we saw today. So. Let's talk about the positives now. Yeah, I definitely want to talk. So we'll start out like obviously everyone knows that watched this. Alex Bowman won the race uh, in overtime. He is uh, he is what I've referred to as the uh, the ultimate race stealer, the stealer of races. And I want to clarify that I do not mean that in a negative way whatsoever. I love Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman to me and Dale, you can even say this with me. One of my favorite like hits in betting of all time was in Dover. Dover. Oh yeah. It lives in my brain over and over. And Alex did that for us. So I have no ill will towards Alex Bowman. He did what he does, but I will say that, that like, you know, and and I saw your tweet that you put out, you know, about winners win. And I, and I completely agree with that. I will say though, that there, there has just been, I feel like the more eventful races that we've seen, like he has found himself in that situation. So people immediately throw that like on him, but like there have also been races where he, he has taken control like Dover being one of them. I just think, I don't see any, here's the deal with me. Like, what is the cause though? Like, what is the cause, like the root of someone making uh, an, an angry statement like that? It just comes from saltiness to me though. Yeah. Because it's like, if you winners win, no, like no matter how they do it, if it's a fluke one-time thing, it, hey, look, that's a fluke. They did it one time. They did it twice. Michael Waltrip won three races in his whole life. Some, some could say that's a fluke. Trevor Bain won one race. That could be a fluke. Alex Bowman has won, I think, seven races now that's seven. with Rick Hendrick. Or, or five or something. Um, I'll go find that as we're talking. I can do I mean, a little bit of I mean, uh, it's not research. like – it's not but, like he was in what, like, like, like thirtieth the whole day. Like right, he's running up in the he top won, five. He's he won the he won the first stage, and he yeah he was fast and he had top five speed. So like one guy commented and said, uh, "I would just like to see him run up front and lead more laps." So I'm like, "Who gives a fuck, dude? The guy's a winner and he wins. Yeah. Like there there should be no debate here, to, in my opinion." And and I'm saying this as a 
sad, frustrated man who got screwed over by the Xfinity race yesterday from a betting perspective. I had Gragson and Allgaier who controlled the entire race. Neither one would win. And today, very frustrating betting card where, you know, I was high on Cole Custer to beat Chris Buescher. Terrible mm. day. High on Blaney to beat Hamlin. Mm. Gets wrecked, you know. So, and then none of my winners worked out. I had really no one in the mix besides Tyler Reddick and, I think Christopher Bell could have been if he hadn't spun. Blaney could have been if he hadn't wrecked. So this is coming from someone who is very frustrated with how the Saturday and Sunday went, that there should be no discussion about it. Like, mm. winners win. That's all it is. There, there, there's respect. no gray area here. There's no gray area. It doesn't matter if you're running eighth, half the race, and then you come up and win with 30 to go. does not matter to me. That's I right. Just, and no, I just don't think that's – People aren't going to remember that. My last thing. You're going to be remembered for winning races. You're not going to be remembered – for just like, oh, he led eight laps and one. What a loser. No, no, actually, you're going to be considered the closer. And that's what he is. He is the fucking closer. So all these people that are hating on him, there's no logical, there's no logical sense to hate on him for how he wins races, except I don't like him and he beat my drive. That's all it is. Yeah. Or if you didn't bet on him, which is understandable. Very true on that one. There, there were there were not a lot of people that did bet on him. Um, I will just just go ahead and um and and say that you know people f- also forget that you know he had a really good pit stop. That's what got him there, right? Like his his pit crew, his team, they they were quick and fast and efficient, and they got him up there. And I think it was what him, Larson, and Byron that rolled off. Yeah, and, and he beat Larson head to head with with the same tires. Yeah, same t- right sides, same left sides. Which the left sides were old, right sides were new. I think they were. I think they were new. They may have been scuffs. I can't remember, but they were they newer tires, tires than what they had. So he beat Larson head to head to the line. So I mean, sure, the guy's not a bum. People so. in NASCAR, like I found that fans of NASCAR. It's, it is passion and I get it. And there's nothing wrong with that by any means, you know, like where, whereas we, we are general fans. We are, we are what you would consider the Rob Lowe of NASCAR fans. We're the Rob Lowe of NASCAR fans, whereas we are fans of NASCAR and we like a lot of guys. There are the people that are just all in on their guys. So like when something like that happens, I do understand where it comes from, but sometimes I feel like people need to just slow down and ask themselves, why am I angry? at this and like like in the grand scheme of things when you really take a step back and realize that we have what 35 more races this season and like come on you know what i mean like like come on like lay off of it it's fine have a little fun and shake it off like i mean we we just lost like fucking bazillion dollars this weekend and we're and we're still talking good good stuff we're not speaking ill will (coughs) So, so that's it. I, and I can resonate with some of these people, the, the angry ones, because as a child, I hated Jimmy Johnson more than anything on this planet. I feel mean, that. literally anything. And Jimmy Johnson, on a, this is obviously a higher, a much higher scale than Alex Bowman, because we're talking about a guy that won seven championships. Alex Bowman's, you know, entering the prime of his career with eight, seven, eight wins in the Cup Series. Jimmy Johnson had so many races where he did not lead a lot of laps did not lead a lot of laps he'd have problems he'd get kind of lucky the way cautions would flow his team would stay with the track make great great adjustments via or courtesy of chad canals and then they'd come up at the end and win and it would 
make me so mad every single time. And that deal is kind of similar here with Bowman. Like Jimmy Johnson wasn't a 30th place car. Like you said, when we were talking about Bowman, Bowman has not a 30th place car. He's running in the top 10. He's running in the top five and he's sneaking up at the end of winning these races when it counts. So I think it's relatable because I couldn't stand when Jimmy Johnson would do that. And their team was so good and so lucky. Big phrase I live by. You got to be good to be lucky and you got to be lucky to be good. It works both ways. And that's what Jimmy Johnson was. And sure, you can say that about Alex Bowman. I like it. I like that a lot. And and you're right. It, it is fitting that he is in the 48 and that's half. Of course, there. right? Yeah. As we as we continue to um to see like the the style of racing, like you know, we've talked about how it's definitely a change from last year. It's going to be a lot tougher and a lot different. We're going to see, we might see more of this kind of stuff. And maybe that has something to do with, you know, when you had some of the drivers comparing this to the older car. I know a lot of the old heads love this car and they love the way things are, are going. It's way harder to drive. So, you know, that's one thing, but yeah, maybe we see more races and finishes like we did back in the day. And, uh, and I think that that could be a really cool thing moving forward. Uh, I will I will go ahead and just kind of go past the, the Bowman win. Um, talk a little bit about uh, the, some of the, the surprises of the day. Some people may call them a surprise. Others may not. I don't know. For me, um, Ross Chastain doing what he did today. Uh, he was not only, you know, finishing in the top three, but uh, it was 6% owned in DFS on DraftKings. Uh, so that lets me know there was not a whole lot of people playing him and uh, his odds were really good. There was a couple of people I knew that were definitely taking the long shot on him. And uh, but to see what he did and what track house has been able to do. I mean, that was uh, that has got to be the, the, the biggest positive day. Like he I feel like he could have smashed a watermelon at the end of this race and, and everyone would have celebrated that even with the top three. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I um, it's cool to see track house doing what they're doing this early because Justin Marks, when he announced he was going to be doing this, investing in his own team and building it, the way he has treated the entire process, you could, you, you just had a feeling these guys are going to be good. I mean, this guy is so deeply invested, not from a, not just from a financial standpoint, but from a mental standpoint passion. and the energy. Yeah. The energy and passion he gives off is just excellent. It just, it just bleeds excellent leadership from what it seems like. And I think, I think we have good reason to believe that that's true. So seeing Suarez do what he did last week, almost winning. And then Chastain comes in here and leads 80 plus laps in this race. It is just insane. I mean, he had a rocket ship and they're going to go Dolly Parton rocket ship guys like, yeah. And he'll be at those AMC awards, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess, or tomorrow night which is pretty uh, sick it was a sick so. looking car and now he gets to go and go see dolly parton i think she's hosting it or something i think that's what i heard uh mike joy or one of those guys say but that's what i love so, about the, the the whole justin marks and the nashville connection and how his sponsors all are having to do with nashville stuff so i think that's a really dope thing too that, that we haven't seen in a while like like you know how when we were kids we had like nascars that were like movies that were coming out and like different things like that, like a lot of entertainment style stuff that was happening around the country. I feel like that vibe is kind of coming back through track house. So that's another really cool thing about it as far just from not necessarily a racing standpoint, but just from the marketing standpoint. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I, uh, and they still do like, they have paint schemes every now and then that, uh, 
feature new movies that are coming out and, and shit like that. But the joy was the last one I can remember with the from a game. I'm trying to figure out the best word for this, a geological standpoint, maybe like it's it's cool for Nashville and people that it, I think it those kind of paint schemes could get people in Nashville like even more and more involved and be like, dude, that's cool. Like the Tootsie's paint scheme is a bit the best example because people are like, dude, that's a bar that I go hang out at. Yeah. And that's on a car. Like, how sick is that? That might bring dope. somebody that might bring in a new fan, an alcoholic fan. An alcoholic <laughs> fan. But he's on the yeah, third I mean, floor of Tootsie's just listening to <laughs> every every Sunday now. Is I'm going to Tootsie's every fucking Sunday now to, to watch this race. I was stomping but. a devil went down to Georgia last night and now I'm here. And I don't know yeah. how I got here, but I'm here. No, I'm sure. Oh, shout out to, to that's a great bar. I do love it. I drink and I love that place. Yeah, it is a cool place. I got to, I went there for the first time last year, I think. I don't even know what date it was. I haven't been in Nashville in a minute, but back to the racetrack uh, regarding what Chastain did. I feel like this is really good for those guys because before drivers win their first race, except for like Austin Cindric and some of these like Trevor Bain did this, but um, before most drivers win their first race, they go through that experience where they're really, really close and then something happens where they fade at the end or have just a random bad luck issue. And for them to kind of get those out of the way in the first three races of the season, that gives incredible experience early on for the, for Suarez and Chastain to go win a race now, you know, like a, a good example, I guess somewhat relative is like Casey Kane and his rookie year just was so close over and over and over again. It was so fast. Um, but he, he's kind of an anomaly in this, in this situation because he had just absolute terrible luck. Yeah. And I hope Tyler Reddick doesn't bark up that tree with the bad luck because he's had some fast moments and kind of had bad luck with just random, just randomness. Yeah. So my point I, is with Chastain and Suarez, like having these moments really early in the development of trackhouse racing, I think is huge for their team and huge for their careers and helps them get another like multiple steps closer to getting their first wins early on yeah no it's it's 100 percent fitting and that's what i know suarez you know he had a kind of a rough rough break today with briscoe getting loose and getting into him and um and but that, suarez had a great race you know at auto club and then bounced back here and now you have this with chastain and when chastain was up front like i'm not gonna lie like there wasn't ever a moment where I really did think that like he was going to win. And I don't know if other people feel that way or not, but like, you know, when you see a guy up there like that, that's just leading those laps, it's almost like we've seen it so many times that you don't want to buy it. Cause you just know something's going to happen. And it's like, and I guess that's where I, my, my mind was with it today. So like, I was not surprised to like see him fall out of place, but I mean, it wasn't on his own doing. I mean, it was just because of the cautions and because of how things shaped out on pit road. And then, I mean, it really just showed like with Kyle Bush, man, the Toyotas were just him going from the absolute back of the pack to the front. It's just another testimony of like how these cars, like it's not like it used to be with the backups anymore. Like that, that, that's not even going to be a factor anymore, in my opinion, because like these things are exactly the same right out the crate and you just drop the engine and you go. And so, you know, with him having the talent, I mean, it's been a minute like yeah, you thought it was his race to win. You know, you really did. And then, boom, here comes that last minute caution, shaked everything up all about the pitch strategy. And then we're back to talking about what we already did with Bowman winning. But Chastain hung tight, man. So, yeah, uh, big shout out to Trackhouse and everything that they're doing. 
Um, you mentioned Reddick, and I wanted to kind of dial in on that real fast. I, I found out something really interesting, or I read something interesting like the week before. Like, you know, I had, uh, I definitely was in on, on Reddick at uh, Auto Club. So were you. And I feel like maybe a lot of people weren't, and that was kind of a shock to people. Um, the, there were a few people in the industry that we know that were too, but somebody had tweeted, they were just like, it sucks that like all the races where people think that Reddick's going to do good, he doesn't. But then the ones that we don't think he's going to do good, he does. And that just lets me know that, okay, well, obviously one, you're probably not reading, you know, our stuff on action network. And for two, uh, these things happen. And I, you have to understand that like some of these drivers are going to just come out so strong one week, especially on these teams that are not Hendrick and, and, you know, even with Penske, they had a rough day. But like you said, Blaney would have been able to kind of make it through. I feel like if, if you know, Brad Kay wouldn't have been bitter and try to turn his car sideways, you know, it, totally accidental, but just trying to, you know, ruffle some feathers because I know Blaney's were. But uh, the, the ups and downs are there. I mean, Austin Dillon didn't have the best day. So, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of this is going to vary just track by track and how the driver reacts with the track. Um, yeah, I, I really – I mean, Tyler Reddick did not run in the top 10 at all in this race until late. So then he finished seventh. Yeah. After I think being way in the back for yeah, so Yeah, I think long. it's pretty testimonial to him kind of figuring it out after he had that spin and, and getting it together. Now, yeah, yeah, whoever said that, I mean, I had, we both had Reddick last week, didn't we? Yep. I know I did. We and had him again this week. And he, last week they brought the best car to Fontana. So uh, it is like, yeah, I mean, the misses like that happen. You know, I could look at lap averages and be like, William Byron's going to be a rocket ship today. And he really wasn't a rocket ship at all. He was a fifth to sixth place car. That's what was wild. A lot of times you can look at data and, and, and just what's going to be difficult with this aero package is these cars and and driver, the, the drivers have more in their hands now. So we can look at what the cars do in practice and now, because we have practice and we have qualifying, now the drivers can give more feedback to their teams to make their cars much better than they practice or qualify. And that's what's going to happen. Because in 2021 and most of 2020, we didn't have that. You right. unloaded and you were fast or you were slow. And that was it. So it's going to make it more difficult. And I, I, we, we've talked about this before the season even started and I and knew it was going to be like this. It was going to be difficult the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. So. That's just that's just the life of a better, and and this is one of the most difficult dynamics that uh, NASCAR handicappers have faced in years. Yeah, uh, I would say the the most difficult one before this would be 2019 when they switched from low downforce to high downforce and low horsepower. So. Yeah, it's yeah, just no, part, part of the game. It's yeah, it's a part of the game. It's a part of the grind. And everybody that that does this, you know, knows that. I mean, there's a lot of new people getting into it. And if you're one of the new people and you're listening to this right now, that's just getting into betting. Uh, you know, it's not like you know football, but people, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because we can sit here and tell you, like, you know, don't worry. There's going to be some of you that are going to be like, you know what? Hey, I'm sticking around. It. That's fine. And there's going to be some of you that are just going to be like, screw you. Like, I'm going to go look for somebody else. You keep hopping around, and you're going to have a lot of trouble because we when we get on heaters, we get on heaters, and they they heat they heat fast and they heat hard. Um, I got on one late last year. And it was incredible. It was one of the best. It was probably my best heater of my life. And it was during the playoffs. So it was insane. 
And, uh, you know, and won a lot of people, a lot of money during that time. And, you know, you've had your heaters as well. And I mean, with you betting, you know, trucks, we always ride your trucks and then you, you'll turn around and do Xfinity as well. And, and then, you know, me and you both do cup. So it's like, yeah, like there's, there's so much potential throughout the weekend and, uh, and, and it's just going to be a, it's, it's a long grueling season, you know? So it's like, don't, don't give up because there's a lot of times where you're going to find yourself down, but just keep pushing through the weeks, just like yeah. we do and like everybody else. Last year, leaving Daytona, I, I left between all three series down like 12 units or something. This year, after all this, even after all the bullshit that's happened, I'm still going to be up right now, I think seven or eight units. And it's yeah. been tough. And that, that just tells you like, by the end of this year, there will be high positive return. Yes. Last year, I ended at plus 69 and a half units after starting the season down in the whole 20, basically. So if you stick with it, I think you will, you'll be happy with uh, you'll be happy with what you get by the end of 2022. But uh, aside from betting, we talked about the positives. We talked about the negatives of this race. It was exciting. Uh, debate with yellow flags. You talked about Tyler Reddick and Alex Bowman, Ross Chastain, a good surprise. Let's talk about a couple of disappointments. And obviously, I think we should start with uh, Ryan Blaney finishing 36th after getting that crash with Brad Keselowski because it's an interesting topic with how Brad K has performed in this new car. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll go ahead and start off by saying this, like with racing in general, for me, you know, it's, it, it is disappointing because of the fact that we had money on it. Obviously you had him to win. I, I had him for a top five, which I ended up finding for plus plus one twenty on MGM. Oh, I had him. I had him to win. I had him to beat uh, Denny in a head to head matchup. And I had that same matchup in a parlay. So when he crashed, that's, Destroyed that was two a and a half. That was two and a half units in the red right off. The oh, line. trust me, dude. I was, I was up, tough. I was up over a grand in DFS today with him. And so, um, yeah, it, it hurts. It but hurts. aside aside from betting, you know, I mean, what do you think? Of, what do you make of Brad Kozlowski? You know, it's, I've been saying this from the beginning, and I'm until I hear anything different or see anything different. Yeah, I, I put a tweet out during Daytona, like Brad's just out here in his own world, like in the metaverse, like just treating it like it's his own playground. And I think the thing is, is that, you know, Brad is one of those drivers where he is, he does seem to be in his own world. He's a little strange, a little bit different. And we've, you know, I've, I've heard a couple of people talk about different things about Brad, but I don't, I'm not going to sit here and like straight up judge the guy by any means. Cause I don't really know him personally, but what I'll say is, is that it does seem like his aggression level is higher and like he, he is a competitor and he wants to be competitive and win. He's just realizing that he is just in a very different state now being a team owner and then moving from one of the best Ford teams in the field to not the best Ford team in the field. And he's found himself in this situation where he's still out there just driving like he's in that two car, I feel like sometimes. And he doesn't really realize that, like, you know, there's a lot more that goes into this, you know, the week to week and the day to day. And obviously, I don't think he would have taken over an operation if he wouldn't have, you know, thought that it was something he could handle. But he, he's got a lot on his plate. So him just kind of being reckless and doing those kind of things, like, it just seems like he's not being super courteous to the field and, Maybe he doesn't feel like he needs to be, 
But I feel like right now, especially uh, for the field in general, like there does need to be like some type of general common courtesy out there. And I feel like out of everybody in the field, like with the Briscoe deal, I feel like, yeah, like that the, he got loose. Hamrick was in the, in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I don't think there was anything more to that. But like we've seen this with Brad multiple weeks now. And it's just like, it's just Wait, not Hamrick, changing. You're talking about Suarez? Yeah, I was talking about like when Suarez and Briscoe got like that to me, that was kind of like an accident, you know, like, like, definitely yeah, okay. Was, like, you saw, I thought you said Hemrick. No, no, I was, yeah, so well, I, might, I may have said Hemrick, and if I did, admit, apologies, just, but yeah, uh, you fucked up. Terrible, terrible, fucked up. Yeah, uh, so bad. It's the worst, worst thing I've ever fucked up in my life. The worst, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, with the, the, the whole Briscoe deal with it, I thought that was an accident, but I just feel like Brad is, you know, it, it gets to be to a point to where can we really call it accidental or we just call it reckless? Like, where are we at with it now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it hurt with seeing what happened when he spun and, and took Blaney out. I mean, especially taking out someone else. I'm with you. Like, I think his aggression level is the same, but we're in a totally different car and he's in a totally different car. Like, the, the field is in a hard-to-drive race car, and he is in a race car that is substantially slower and handles worse than what he had at Penske, and you you nailed it with that one. So, I mean, his record at Las Vegas is incredible. I mean, his he has – I can't remember what it was, but it's honestly astonishing, like, the amount of top fives he has and yeah. the number of starts that he has and wins. So he had the good really, equipment. That's what led me to want to take the Cendric top 10 bet is because I'm like, okay, well, Cendric's obviously not the worst driver in the world. He's in this car and now he's in the two car. And I know that it's a completely different car, but I mean, it's still the Penske power. You want to look into that. But, you know, we talked about too, like Penske just did not have a great day other than what Blaney had in the beginning. Like Logano didn't do that great. Cendric did terrible. And I don't know if that, if I don't really know if anything, with, with his alt, I think he got into a, a, a wreck or he didn't he spun, wreck or spun. He spun the same time when Briscoe spun. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I don't know what, what, what lap that was. But yeah, I mean, I think Cendric ultimately is just going to have growing pains as a rookie, figuring it all out. Totally yeah, different race not car much than changed. the Xfinity car. Not much change um, with the rookies. And with Keselowski, I've talked about it since the, they made, since he made the acquisition that they are going to go through some tough growing pains. That was one of the future bets I gave out earlier this year was Keselowski under one and a half wins. And I think that looks – I think when I when I picked it, it was at like minus 120. I would bet that it, if you could pick it now, it would be at like minus 200 probably. because of the performance. I mean, if he gets a win, it's probably going to be on a super speedway, which is totally possible because the Roush guys are fast. We've seen that um, with the 550 with them, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, at the with the – He's just a legend at Daytona and Talladega and could get it done there. But it's just Roush is going to have a lot of growing pains. And he's I think he has spun or wrecked or some kind of damage or contact in every single race except yeah. the duel that he won. Yep. I mean, it, it, every single one. So we he's talked a, about. I don't know. I, I feel like we, we summed it up pretty well. Like, it's just he is just he is reckless right now. And like something's going to have to be done about it. Like, I would not doubt that the first fight that we see this year, I, I would put money that Brad is involved in that altercation. Yeah, I would put could, money on could it. be. Could be. So we talked about Brad, super big disappointment. Brad and Blaney, both disappointments. Blaney, unexpected, but just the way it goes. Uh, some more good guys, good things, and stop me if you want to talk about them. 
Eric Almarola, still the only guy with the top 10 in every race this season. Finished Just shout sixth. out to him. That's all I want to say. Uh, yeah, I wish he could have been Chastain, but Chastain had the better car. I it. was not high on Almarola this like before the season started. I really wasn't. I thought he would really struggle. And uh, he has proven me wrong so far with his consistency. Kevin Harvick, 12th after starting 25th. I think a lot of people thought he would be terrible, but he found a way to uh, get up there and, and run top 15. And the day that was not great for Stuart Haas with two of their cars just having really, really bad days. Harvick still finds a way to get a decent finish. Uh, Corey LaJoy, 15th. That Big DFS played after starting 29th. Yeah, that's that's where I want to stop real quick. I just got to give a huge shout out to that whole entire Spire number seven team. You know, we I said in the beginning of the season, and you know, we we've, we've seen Corey doing a lot of stuff with NASCAR. He's been kind of like a, a spokesman, you know, kind of like speaking out on them as for one of the 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 teams that a lot of people would consider a backmarker team. And he's showing that that he's not they're not really a backmarker team um, for them, for him to get like a top 15. Like we definitely talked about a lot of top 20s, you know, this year, which that is. But for him to get, you know, past that 15 marker into that area, that is huge, especially at intermediate. We never would have seen this in years past from him. He started 29th and finished 15th and over on DraftKings, he ended up scoring 42.45 fantasy points and was in the optimal lineup. Um, which I'll run down really fast. Uh, it was uh, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, Ross Chastain, and Corey LaJoy is what took down the chrome horn. $20,000 does that lineup right there. So that's a $20,000 lineup I just read. Corey LaJoy is a part of that. Um, and uh, it, I just I can't wait to see what what happens when we get to some more of these uh, – these 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 mile you know uh mile tracks like just looking at like uh richmond and bristol martinsville when we get to these short tracks man like that's where i'm really eager to see how Corey performs because i talk about it a lot you talk about martinsville um that that's a track where i feel like Corey really could could have a really good run at you know possibly contend for a top 10 there and that's very generous but I will say that I do think that he has what it takes to get that done, and that would just set this team um, in, into a, a new category, really, honestly. I think that it's definitely uplifting to see him get that kind of stuff at intermediates because he was usually the car getting lapped all the time. And so now yeah. for him to have this, it just it's a testimony to his driving skill. So shout out to Yep, him. shout out to, to Corey, their team, and our, our, our mama, Miss Leanne. For all the work they do and you, a hell of a job they they did this weekend. So Corey LaJoy had a good run. Harrison Burton, I'll give him a shout out. Kept it clean. Ran, or he, I think he did have a spin. So more props for coming back from a spin and running 16th. Justin Haley, 17th for colleague. Pretty good run after the rough season that he's had. Uh, and then I'll say Todd Gillen, keeping it clean, running 23rd. And mm. uh, Cody, Cody Ware running 26th. After last week, they had a lot of problems from a – mechanical standpoint finishing 33rd or 34th he made up some spots after starting 33rd so uh those are your kind of good good surprises or just good uh feel good moments for some drivers that haven't had great runs so far this year so but i don't know what to expect for phoenix man i really am not there yet you know now, we're going say... back to it we're going back to i guess a more similar setup to what we had at the clash so I mean, it obviously, it's two totally different racetracks. It's way, way different. But 
you're going to have some substantial breaking that we haven't seen at Fontana or Las Vegas. And I believe who won this race a year ago? Uh, Martin Truex Jr. won this race a year ago. MTJ, so, he went on the double tour. Logano has been good here. Larson was good here. Truex is really good here. And Truex ran the table at most of the short tracks last year. So I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of lean towards Logano already just just because he won here in 2020 has had some strong runs here uh consistently and winning the first quote-unquote short track race of the year at the clash i think could bode some confidence uh into phoenix but who knows one thing i'll i'll say about it is this week starting out i'm definitely getting ready to compile some data together from just the past two weeks um, maybe take a little bit from the clash, but I mean, we're, we don't really have a lot of quarter mile tracks out there. Um, that actually we have zero quarter mile tracks out there. So there's that. Um, but I'll, uh, I- I'm ready to kind of like see how things will stack up from just the standpoint of drivers that have, have had decent finishes and not the best equipment. That's one thing that I really think that everyone should be taking a look at this week. Now that we're getting to more of those short tracks, talking a little bit more like, you know, what I was saying with Corey LaJoy and things like that, um, kind of looking at some of the back marker guys over the past years, because like you even said yourself, we don't want to take too much data into consideration with the older car, with this new car. We definitely want some recent stuff. We don't have a whole lot of sample to take from, but I will say that that I feel like this will be a, a race where we will have another winner that has not won this season yet like in the regular season i think that we're at this trend of you know having a, a new winner at every track is going to continue so just keep that in your in your mind um and, and that's just one thing i guess instead of me giving out like a way too early bet that's that's i guess you can't really bet that but if you could that's one thing i want to say i don't think that a person that has won yet um is is you think to- we'll get we'll get a first time winner for this season. Yeah. At Phoenix. Yeah, pretty much. First time so, winner in a couple of tracks. I think that that trend I I loved how that shook out last year. I think we'll see it again. I mean, there's just a lot of guys that are just they're coming out of nowhere, man, and like the strategy is important. We've talked about that. It's just really falls in the hands of who how long is it going to take for people to be able to muscle these cars without spinning? And for two, it's just, you know, getting uh getting the the pitch strategies down and and some of these guys have to get that glued together and Toyota seems like they fixed their issue with the, uh, the overheating. So I expect to see a lot of money moving yeah. towards Martin Truex this week. At, at some point in the race, all four Toyotas were fast today. Denny led a good bit of laps. I think he led like 30 laps. Yeah. Obviously Kyle was up there after even all the issues they had with their crash and everything. They still found a way to be uh, arguably the best car in the field and almost won that race. And obviously Truex is good. And Christopher Bell had his moment. Had he not spun out going for second place mid-race, who knows what could happen with Bell. But I think for Phoenix, you can use more or put more emphasis on data from the last two seasons because even though the cars were very different, you still had low downforce, high horsepower. And this package is low downforce, high horsepower, just less horsepower than what we had in 2021 and 2020. Unlike mile and a half where it was low horsepower, extremely low horsepower, high downforce. And now we've done a complete 180 on that with a mile and a half. So that I is still something think data, to mention. That I is think something data good. on 
short tracks and harder braking uh, tracks that aren't considered short tracks, which would be Phoenix and New Hampshire, uh, can still vote or bode to be pretty valuable in research for this weekend regarding betting and DFS. Yeah, I'm interested to see, like, everybody's talking about tires as well. So it's another thing we we'll have to watch is, you know, I'm going to figure out over-unders on how many tires fall off uh, from excessive braking. I think one thing, if we can find over-unders on cautions, fuck, I mean, I, you got to take the over, I feel like, with what we've yeah, seen so far. Got to take the over on cautions. <laughs> so that's one, that's one bet we could throw right now that I think I would expect to be a lock, but I'm not going to say that anything is actually locked because of what we've seen so far. I do think we're going to see a lot, a lot more uh, spins than usual at this because it is kind of like, I guess it's an intermediate track, but it's also kind of like a short track. I don't know. So it's not uh, an inter. It's just a one mile. I guess it, the yeah. intermediates are considered a mile and a half or more, I believe. So it's just it's like not a, technically a short track. Yeah, it's just Phoenix. It's, it's just going to say like Darlington. Dar- I don't see. I don't. I don't know. Darlington is Darlington. Phoenix is Phoenix. Okay. They're kind of like in that weird territory when it comes to which classified as. See, see, I'm already starting to, uh, I'm, my, my gut's churning. I need to get off the microphone. My gut's already, uh, I'm already just thinking about drivers. I shouldn't be. Like, well, but, but no, that's Maybe good. I should. That's good. We're trying Thanks. to improve on what was not a great weekend, so. Oh yeah, we're gonna bounce back. We always do, but uh, but yeah, this is this has been a great chat. If you guys, if we didn't talk about something that you guys want to hear our opinions and thoughts about, you you already know where to find us. Please do hit us up. Uh, I'm at Garage Guy Chase. You can find Dale at Dale Tanhart on uh, Twitter and every social media platform known to man. And I'm at Garage Guy Chase on every social media platform known to man. Or just hit us up collectively at Garage Guys FS. Um, uh, before we do go, shout out to Chef Boy. I do want to say that. Oh my Son of God. Yeah. Made 30 grand on Saturday night with the Xfinity. Yeah. Event. Insane. Insane lineup. My God. The chef is grand. cooking. He was in a Batman movie. He was in the new Batman movie. Drunk right, in, in a Batman movie. Drunk. Movies. And just happened to look at his phone and, <laughs> and uh, oh, saw, wow, that. saw that he had somehow won 30 grand. And that was a crazy race. So the way that turned out, he he had to have just a ridiculous lineup. So. Love that. Big guy. shout out to the chef. Shout out to the chef for sure. Um, and yeah, and of course, so this week uh, we've kind of went through our little relapse period of of leaving our the site we were writing for, and now going back to GarageGuysFantasySports.com. Uh, be on the lookout for Dale's betting articles this week. I'll have my DFS articles up and a couple of other articles as well. Now we're we're still kind of shaking out how things are going to develop for the site, but uh, if you guys. Um, we don't have like a shop or premium or anything like that right now. You guys love what we do and you want to contribute or help out to that. Just, uh, hit us up in the discord or hit us up online. Let us know. We will gladly take, uh, your money to invest in this site to make it better and better. So we appreciate everybody that is in the garage fam and that, uh, does all that awesome stuff and, and shares their tweets and shares their bets with us every week. It's, it's always a feel good time. So thank you guys for that. But, uh, it's been a good show. So we're going to go get some rest now, I guess, Dale. We're going to rest up, get ready for Phoenix this weekend. And then after this weekend, dude, we're back. We're back on road, bro. Going to ATL. Yeah. If you uh, happen to be going to the quick trip, Falls of Honor 500, 400, I don't know what the mileage is, but come, come see us. We'll be in Atlanta for that race. 
Uh, we'll be at a Hooters to do our show, our preview show, the right. either the Thursday or the Friday before. So we'll keep you guys updated on that. And if you can't make it to Hooters, make it to the racetrack and come, come see us, hang out with us. Let's have a time. Cheers to it. All right, Garage fam. We'll see you soon. Let's keep bagging. Stay bagging. We're bagging. bagging. We're bagging Phoenix. Go ahead and manifest it, everybody. We are bagging Phoenix, and there's nothing the desert can do to stop us. Hell yeah. We are cat. We are the the juice and we are the water in the cactus. We are the desert. We need you to go to to uh to Sonoma and just just meditate there on the energy lands. That's what we're gonna do. We'll find a way to get to Sonoma. Meditate shit faced, shit faced on one. That's what I said. You meditate. (laughs) I'll take care of the wine taste. (laughs) All right, garage. Y'all be good.